So, you're looking for something different. Well, you found it. Right here with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels. Pushing boundaries on the solopreneur journey, where we're all about learning to build beyond just business. Let's get it. Hey, it's so nice to be with you today on the solopreneur journey. I'm Jewel Daniels, head of Daniels Communications Global, a leadership development firm that specializes in executive coaching, cultural competency, and of course, developing the best in you. I'm also the author of four books, with my latest being Three Sides of Every Crisis. It's a really important book that talks about how do you find opportunities in the midst of a crisis by learning to adjust your perspective and to pivot. And that's what we're going to dive into here on the Solopreneur Journey. This show is all about reaching out to those who are single, shingle, one-person enterprises that are starting at the starting line, but are running the race towards something spectacular. That's why we say it's all about building beyond just business. Because building a business, being a solopreneur, transitioning to an entrepreneur, and becoming a business owner means that you have to practice everything from being a good leader to understanding how to collaborate, price your goods and services, and even practicing excellent emotional intelligence. So it sounds like a lot. It's going to be so good. So this is what we do. We invite entrepreneurs to come on our show to share their stories, to talk about how they're getting through this crisis. And then we also invite those who are doing exceptionally well, who have built their businesses from being a solopreneur to something extraordinary that can benefit you. So come on, take the ride. Here we go. It's good to be here again on the Solopreneur Journey, where today I am interviewing one of my favorite ladies in the world. (laughs) Today, listeners, you'll be joined by Joanne Talbert-Yancey, who is the diva of Divas United. This woman has walked a journey like one I have never seen in my life. It's rare when you can meet someone that will be your inspiration and who you can credit for many of the accomplishments that you have achieved and who have also helped you to get over your hurdles and tell you the truth when you need to hear it. All right. That's that's what I love about Joanne Talbot Yancey. So get your ears open, get your pens, your paper out if you feel like you're going to take a note because I promise you there will be some lessons to be learned today on the solopreneur journey. Welcome, Joanne. Well, thank you, Joel. It's a pleasure to, be, to, to, to talk to you today. I'm just excited about it. Well, you know, I feel like, I've always felt like I was blessed, that I'm blessed, but to be so abundantly blessed to be able to launch this podcast and ask people to be guests who are part of my circle tells me that there's some dynamic folks that were so close to me and you are one of them for sure. Thank you so much. So I I recall our journey a bit and I want to share this journey because this show is about making people understand that Even though you might be a single shingle, one person enterprise, you are never alone, right? 
And it's the relationship that you build that made the difference. So I remember meeting you years ago when you were in this big room, packed to the wall, as always, filled with people at African American Women on Tour, a conference that no longer exists now, but that's where we met. And people had come in to hear what you had to say. Yes. Remember looking around the room and saying, wow, I heard this is going to be a really good session, but there's a lot of people in here. (laughs) The one thing that's consistent, Joanne, is that people always walk away feeling like you left them with something as a motivation. Um, How does that impact you? How does that change how you deliver your message and how you go about reaching your audience? Well, you know, when I, when I go to speak, I, I really, I feed off of the, 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 the energy in the room. And the energy really, for me, um, it lets me know whether, how good is it gonna go? Because I already have, see, if I already practice, I've been speaking for a while, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to always practice before I do any type of presentation. Even if I know it by heart, it it doesn't matter. I'm going to practice. So I'm prepared to deliver the um, material. And I always uh, tell people I I only have two goals. One is that they um, laugh. And the other goal is that they take at least one thing back with them. And so usually before we even get into presentation, I've accomplished the first goal of laughter. What I've learned is that when I adult learn, adult learners, I mean, people are adult people who are listening to you. Um, when there's laughter, I know that they are learning something. They're going to go back and and say, well, you know what? She said this and this was so funny, but so true. So that's kind of, you know, that's that's my approach to it. You know, you got to laugh. You don't have to take all of it, but just take one thing back with you. That's going to help you to be a better person, a better professional, better woman, whatever the case may be and where I'm speaking. Right. And I wanted to feature you because speaking is an industry in which a lot of people feel as if they have that as their gift or they have a desire to be able to speak or they've seen other people speak and they say, oh, I want to do that. For you, how did this come about? Did this this speaking career find you or did you find it? Well, let me tell you. I've always wanted to be a speaker, but I never—I never thought I had anything to speak about that anybody would want to listen to. One of my favorite—I mean, all-time favorites—oh my goodness—is Barbara Jordan. Barbara Jordan was um, the first Black female elected to uh, Congress, U.S. Congress, and before she did that, she was. Uh, the first black senator 
for the state of Texas. And Jewel, her voice was so resounding. And, 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 and it just, just thinking about her gives me chills even now. And I always say, well, I sure do want to do that. I would love to be able to speak. Um, and then, um, the, you know, I, my, I've been in my profession outside of speaking is employment law. And so I've worked for corporations that when um, we have managers, I have to train them about the various laws and how it affects the way they do business, how they affect the way they interact with their employees. So it was from that, doing the presentations, and, and I added a little humor to it. And people, the you know, manager said, well, let Joanne do it, you know. She's gonna, she's gonna hit it, and and it's not gonna be long, and she's gonna keep us, you know, on our toes, because I never stand in front of my audience. I'm gonna walk. I walk, Jewel, as you know. I talk. When I'm walking, I'm gonna always be touching someone, or or, or I may pick on a person, a certain person in the audience, you know. So it didn't matter where they sat in my in my in my presentation. I go all the way to the back. So, you know, to talk to him. So actually, it I wanted to do it, but it kind of found me a little bit. And after I got real comfortable doing this thing, um, I said, you know, I like this. I, boy, I, it, it gives me this, it, ooh, it was just a rush, you know, that that I would get. I could, I could speak for an hour and a half. And, and take a nap and go back and do it again, you know? So what would you love doing? What could you do 20, uh, for, for, for 17 hours and the rest of the time thinking about it? For me, is speaking. So, and I, I remember um, I was getting ready to introduce Dr. Um, I can see his face now, Kimball out of Atlanta. And I said to him, I said, doctor, I really want to speak. And what he said to me was, two things. He said, I think you'll be great. He said, first of all, you're easy on the eyes. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and then he told me, and I said, and he said, but here's my advice to you. He's, and I said, but I, I said, I, I said, thank you. But I get the butterfly in my stomach. You know, what do I do to, to, to tame them, to, to calm them down? And he said, no, no, you don't ever want them to go away. He said, if you ever walk up to a mic and you the butterflies are not there, make that the last time you take the microphone. And I said, wow. He said, because you've got to be that hungry. You, that, that means that you're prepared, that you're not so cocky or so arrogant that you can stand before a crowd and just, you know, blurt out whatever, you know, without any, you know, reservations or nervousness. He said, so whenever that happens to you, make sure that's the last time. <laughs> and I took that and I still get them. And you, you know how long I've been speaking. I still get, yeah. still get the butterflies. They are my, I learned to know, I've learned that they are my friend. Oh, so I, you know, I, I take it with me. Huh? I love that. You said you've learned that they are your friends. They are my friends. 
Absolutely. Even when I get up to speak in a personal or a family environment, a family situation, they always look for me to do that. The butterflies are there because I want to say something that makes a difference in the person who listens to me. Mm. So you've been speaking for quite some time, I know. Um, I don't know what number to put on it. You know better than I. Uh, and I would like to know from you, what is it that keeps you speaking? What keeps me speaking is wanting to help. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you remember I said earlier that I didn't think that I had anything that people wanted to hear? Well, I, I got some life stories. <laughs> I got a few, I've got a few, I got a few testimonies along the way that can help people. Uh, I, 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 and so I'm going to always have that desire to want to do that, no matter what the situation may, and give, give an example, if you know, I had a journey with breast cancer, and bre this, this is breast cancer month, and I, I say power, power through, uh, more power to all my pink sisters, because it is a struggle and it is a journey. But I found that even in that situation, I, my doctor literally called me and asked me, would I talk to some of her patients who had just gotten their diagnosis? Unbelievable, Jewel, yes. You're kidding. No, no, and I said, I mean, these people I've never laid eyes on and I don't have to look at them. Uh, I just had a call night before last. And the lady called, she texted me while she was getting her chemo drip. And I said to her, whatever you do, tell them to pack your hands and your feet in ice so that you don't develop neuropathy because chemo will do that for you. That's from my experience, okay? And I, and I, you know, and I just try to encourage, it's gonna be okay. I let them know that everybody is different. Listen to your doctor, do what they tell you to do. You, you know, this is not, you're gonna get through this thing. And, 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 I, and I still do it. I mean, they will, they, can you talk to so-and-so? Of course I can. And then they'll text me and I, it sometimes it's only through text. And then sometimes it's on the phone. Even now, and, 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 and I've, been, I've started my journey I got my diagnosis in December of 2016. And, and ever since then, people still call, <laughs> even ladies at church. So you just, you, know, you just have to turn it. Whatever the situation is, you have to let God use you to do it, period. And it's interesting you would say that because we obviously at this particular time are in a season where everyone around the world is dealing with this global pandemic called coronavirus. And when I released my book, Three Sides of Every Crisis in June, the one thing that I was trying to drive home the point is you have to have a shift in perspective and try to find the positive sides of any crisis because there's always an opportunity to be found when you're dealing with the greatest and hardest of circumstances. Yeah. 
I, 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 absolutely. You know, everybody said, well, how are you making through it? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. And, you know, you and I have talked about this. Uh, because I am such a people person. I, and I'm so, usually people say, "I'm all, you're always in the street. No, I'm always in the sky, flying from here to there. So it has, has taken, it start, it has, you know, it was taking its toll on me and, and not being able to go and talk and speak and touch and feel and feel the spirit of people and folks, you know, emailing me and, walking with me, oh, Miss Yancey, you said this, and this and this makes so much sense, I feel much better, that sort of thing. So I've had to really take this time, Jewel, and sit down somewhere. You understand what I mean? Mm. Sit down. Yeah. Be quiet. Be quiet for a minute and understand that all of us need to pause and see what is it that we need to hear? What is it that we need to tell ourselves how do we need to we do we need to restart do we how do we pivot from here how do we pivot from there and and for me i've always worked from home you know i i, I started this journey of, of self-employment in, in january of 2001 and it's been some you know bumps and bruises along the way um so i've always worked from home so shelter at home was no problem for me it's just that <laughs> the only problem it, it is it's, it's created for me is that I'm, I'm not allowed to go to the movies and escape on a Wednesday afternoon. You see what I mean? I'm not allowed to just go to a mall and just stroll around and sit on the bench. I'm not, I, I can't do that right now. So that kept me sane. So instead, as you know, I, I'm starting to crap, do a lot of crap with my hands, making beautiful things, um, giving them to people who, who have an appreciation for it. So, but still doing my, my work, you know, and uh, the speaking part hasn't, haven't done much of that. Uh, those engagements, they were canceled because of, of the, the virus. But right. I, I have another business, which is employment law, uh, consultate, I mean, uh, consulting and that's that pays bills <laughs> speaking right. speaking pays for the play stuff yeah yes. and i'm glad that you're so honest about that because because it's so important for me to um stay true to the mission of the solopreneur journey which is talking to authentic real solopreneurs some who it is their main thing, sometimes it's their side thing, their side hustle. But I think we're living in a time in which, I credit the millennials for this. We're living in a time in which we have now come to discover that we have a multitude of options. Whereas my mother's generation, it was go get your good government job. You stay in there for your 20, 30 years, you retire, you get your pension. And that was your everything. Mm -hmm. But being a solopreneur means that you're that one person that's leading the business enterprise. But like you said, you have your employment law consulting that you do, and you do your speaking engagements as well. And I know you're you are also an author. And to me, this leads right into what dreams are you sitting on? <laughs> yeah, that's the name of my second book. <laughs> You know, I've always said you need to have multiple screen, streams of income. 
you just, you just and if you're going to be a solopreneur, you've got to have more than one string of income because when this one stops, you know, bills got to be paid, you know? I, and so I, you're right. I have the books, I have the speaking, and then I have the uh, consulting piece that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's very uh, often the formula. Huh? I, I said that's very often the formula. Yes, yes, you got to have more than one and, uh, and, and dedicate yourself to each one of them. Sometimes we can spread ourselves a little too thin. And I remember when I first started speaking and they wanted me over here, they wanted me over there. Oh, I need you over here. You know, and I'm like, because uh, I love doing it right. And I would take, I would take speaking engagement where they didn't pay me. I had to stop that nonsense. and so that's why i said tell people you got to know you first you do your research okay what what is what is your industry standard what 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 do you charge you know because when i said just pay me anything that's what they did they paid me Mm -hmm. anything but when you establish that you know you go and say what is the going rate what are my peers doing what are they charging and you you look at their years of, of, of doing it and you know if they've been doing it for five years and you've been doing it for two years you may not want to go and have a, a, a you know a, a fee that high and you build yourself all the way you know up to it and so that's what I, I did I did my research and so I didn't outprice myself I didn't underprice myself so you have to do your research. And a lot of people don't want to do it. They just want to go, bam, I want to get into it. Nah, nah, nah. Take your time. And then, Jewel, I have mentors. Mm. Beautiful mentors. I have 15 of them. Why? Because I'm a problem child. I know this. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not afraid. Hey, I was always taught that a closed mouth is never fed. You have to ask. Okay? And so, uh, and the majority of them are white males. Because they know the business. And uh, and, and way, you know, one of, the, one of the things everybody said, well, how did you get into this? How did you just get into it? And I, I had this mentor who had hired me years ago at Rockwell International as their uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Manager. And and I don't know, he, he, he saw the little rough edges on me and he made no attempt to smooth them out because he said that was the character of me as, as a person. He didn't try to, he just wanted to make sure I had the good knowledge to make good decisions. And so that relationship uh, continued to develop even after he left the company and after, you know, I went to another company. And even now, Jewel, now he hired me, listen to this, he hired me in 1991. No, 81. 81. He hired me in 1981. And to this day, we still, every quarter, we have lunch. That's and he prepared me to leave because he knew I wanted to leave. He knew it. 
And he said, but you cannot leave on emotion. Emotions don't pay bills. Standards don't pay bills, okay? You gotta be smart. And he said, the first one who talk about money loses. Mm. Okay, the first one who mentioned money loses in any negotiation. And so I said, okay. And uh, so he prepared me to leave by telling me to put my money you know, to the side every month, you put this amount over here because you cannot leave that job until you have at least nine months, nine months of solid salary to pay your bills. And so when uh, I, I was in Miami, I re relocated back to Dallas and they wanted me to come back to Miami again. That wasn't happening, okay? It just wasn't. <laughs> I had a new grandbaby and I needed to help my, my, my son and his wife with that baby because they did not know what they were doing in my mind. <laughs> and so uh, it was just so happened I was ready. And so um, when they said, Joanne, you need to come back to Miami. This is where the position is. I said, no, no, thank you. Uh, he showed me how to negotiate a service package where I was, I, 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 I walked away with a year's of severance with bonuses included. And uh, they gave me some business. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Now that's nice. I mean, because, but, but I listened and, and he wrote a script for me. He says, Joanne, do not deviate from the script. You know, you can get hot headed. You've got to be cool. He would take me to lunch and he would drill me to no end. Mm. And, and, and so when, and also when I, when I went in, I was ready. I was ready, okay, uh, for whatever they wanted to talk about. And, and what, what the first thing that they offered me, he said, the first thing they offer you, you say no. And I did. I said no. He said, they come back and say, Joanne, well, what is it, what is it that you want? He said, this is what I want you to say. I don't want to leave mad. I don't really? want to leave mad. Right. Because, Jewel, I handle their employment law issues. I knew mm -hmm. things that had gone on that they don't really want anybody to know. So my thing was, and I wasn't greedy, a year was, I think, was good. <laughs> you know? And so the, the standard was you get one week of severance mm -hmm. for every year. I mean, one week of service for every year, uh, one week of severance for every year. I had been there 10 years. 10 weeks was not enough for me. Right. I needed 52 weeks. Why? Because I was in a very sensitive position and they knew that. And so, yes, and when they came back, I wasn't mad. They understood fully what I was saying. That is some powerful negotiating skill. Yes. And I love the fact that you said you had a mentor, or what I heard, you had a mentor who knew you. Mm -hmm. He knew your temperament. He knew your style. So he was able to craft a plan that was intimate for how he felt best you could deal and get what, what you wanted out of that situation. And it's a beautiful story of how you transitioned mm -hmm. 
from being in a full-time role to a consultative role. Yes. Yes. So have so there been before time... going to corporate I'm sorry. Go ahead. Before going into corporate America, I was a federal investigator. I worked for the federal government. I enforced the law, the employment laws. Okay. So when I came to work in corporate, out of the government and went to, uh, to the corporate environment, the transition was I had to learn to be a consultant. See, before coming in, it was like, this is the law and you either, you either you have violated the law or you have not. If you violated the law, here are the penalties for it. That's what I was told to do. I did it in two of, of the district offices in St. Louis, and then they transferred me to Dallas. But when I went into corporate America, I had to tell them, this is the law. Here are your alternatives. And I couldn't get mad if they didn't follow what I said. And that, that was hard. Huh. <laughs> I said, that must have been a stretch. It was. It was. And and every time they did not follow what I said, it always backfired. So they learned to trust me. But I, I used to get real mad. And that mentor would say, hey, 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 you can't get mad. You tell them what they need to know. And you lay out their options. They are in management. They need to make the right decision. And so, but you make sure you've done your part by laying out all the alternatives that's available to them. And that's what I did. So it prepared, in doing that, it prepared me to do what I'm doing now. Ah, Every that was step. going to be my question. So, right, so going from the corporate, the federal government to then this corporate environment, you, you learn the rules of the game and then how to manage when people don't play and listen to the rules of the game as you had consulted them to do, and then found your way into speaking because of your love for Barbara Gordon, Barbara Jordan, excuse me, and um, feeling like you had something, although you thought you didn't have something people wanted to hear, right. by way of these experiences, you start speaking. So yeah. when you were in a position to now negotiate with the uh, the corporations and the conference planners about your fee. What was the first? What was the strategy you took to the table with them? No, no uh, not much of a strategy at all, Jewel. This is my fee. Oh, that's too much. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know what? Check with me again. I've learned that. I learned that because see. Before, I was saying, oh, okay, well, I'll just take whatever you want. Or, well, what is it? Because I would say, I used to say, well, what is what, what do you have in your budget? And, and I, well, I'll take an honorarium. At first, that, that, I did that, but not for long. Not for long. I said, this, this is my fee. And if they didn't want, if they said it was too high, I said, oh, okay, I'm so sorry. I really wish that we could work together, but hey, maybe next time. Check with me next year. Yes. I love that you say that because it reminds me of telling people you have to learn to say yes to you mm -hmm. and no to others. Yes. Right? 
Uh, and the, the quality piece of that that I take away is you did something for a season. Uh, you spoke on an honorarium because that kind of lets you get your legs strong, right? You get your legs strong, you start understanding the industry, you know, you, you start um, getting a feel for what the expectations of the industries, the industry is yeah. so that you can um, position yourself so well. So Joanna, just have another couple of questions for okay. you. You built this wonderful, um, you know, consulting business. You're doing your, you're walking in your passion of speaking and you're gifting the world in a way that allows each person to take home a piece of you. How do you invest back in yourself? What you give to others, what do you do that helps to fuel you and uplift you? Well, one of one of the one of the things is that I talk to you. That helps a whole lot. <laughs> Seriously, you you if you only understood how valuable uh, our friendship. I I remember before you moved to uh, Jamaica, I and you told me you was moving there. I I I felt like I was getting ready to grieve you. You know what I mean? I was getting ready to grieve the fact that I'm losing my friend. And oh my God, because we would get on the phone three and four o'clock in the morning coming up with ideas on how to do stuff. And man, I'm like, I don't know nobody in, that, in, my, in my circle right now that I even want to talk to about stuff like that because they don't understand. You know, they don't understand. So I, you know, I do, and even so now we, we reach out to each other and I, and I, get, I, I feed myself that way. And the way I continue to feed myself is by doing it. My, 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 my spirit is fed when I go and speak. Jewel, when I get through, I am so beside myself. It's a feeling. I can't even explain it. You know, you, 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 yeah. You just, and that's okay. Yeah, you know, everything you can be love to work. Yeah, you just love it. You just love it, and you know that this is what God has put you here to do. And when you when you do that, when you walk in your purpose, that's where the joy is. And mm. people need to understand that. That's where the joy is. It's right there, and it may, and everything just start to come together. Everything start to come together once you realize. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I love doing it because when it becomes a chore, then you need to stop. But for me, speaking will never be a chore, ever. I'm going to have something to say, Jewel. I don't care what it is. <laughs> I just am. And, and I love that about you. And because so many people are interested in speaking, uh, and I recognize the fact that everyone can't be a speaker, um, and, and, and that's okay. What are the two things that you would leave our listeners with in terms of if they have a desire to be a speaker, what would be your two golden nuggets of advice for them going into this industry? Well, I'm gonna give you more than just a few, if you don't mind. All right, I love it. They have to become razor focused on, first of all, what is your platform? You can't speak on everything. 
you have to determine what your audience audience is. Children are not mine. I can't speak to children. I can't speak to teenagers. That's not my gift. So don't even mm-hmm. call me. I'll send someone else. That's not me. Okay. You have to do your research. And I believe by all means, we have to affirm ourselves every day, Jewel. There are two words, two words. I am. These words are incredibly life altering, powerful of, of any other word in the world. You see, I am are yours and yours alone. Can nobody say I am but you? So when you say I am, whatever comes behind that is gonna hunt you down. Mm. You say, oh yeah, it's hunt you down. If you say I am broke, broke will come looking for you. You just called him up. Just called him up. I am ugly. Ugly said, ooh, I'm coming on. Hold on, I'm coming. Mm. What? What do you say after I am? You have to affirm yourself. And one of the things I do, Jewel, I just say, I am open to receive. A lot of us are not. We are not open to receive. And I say, I'm on the vibe. I am in vibration with the frequency of prosperity. Woo, yes. Hello. I am in vibration with the frequency of success. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And you have to just sit there and say, you know what? I am. You have to confirm yourself every day. Don't listen to people uh, who are not in your field, who is always trying to, you know, trying to, uh, if I were you, I wouldn't do it. Hey, you know what? You're not me. So shut up. Sometimes you have to get real strong about that. And, and hang out with people that's doing what you want to do. Because that's where you're going to find your encouragement. That's where you're going to find your motivation. And you'll find there be maybe a few little arrogant, mean people along the way, but it's going to be more nice. You're going you're gonna to find more people that are nice than not. Right. So that's kind of how I go for it. You have to affirm yourself. You have to understand that this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Or who is my audience? Uh, how do I do that? How do I go about getting noticed? How do you market yourself? Just do all that. And the Thank one you. thing, the, and I, the, the misconception, I that a lot of uh, single, you know, self-employed people think that they got to do it all. That's the misconception. You, you, you can't do it all. Right. You got to help you. There are people out there that's willing to help you. And I remember when I started, my son said to me, he said, Ma, just keep throwing something against the wall. Something will stick. He said, there are mm-hmm. people out there who are willing to help you who don't even know you. Right. Don't even know you. And I found Oh, that- wow, Dan, that's great. You're so right about that. That, that has such value um, because that's what really is the power in being a solopreneur is knowing how to collaborate. Mm-hmm. and build those relationships, have those mentors, and get laser focused on what it is that is your gift, you know, that you do what you offer and who you offer it to, 
And I love that affirmation of I am. So I will say to you, I am thankful <laughs> for the time that you have given me to share with our listeners on the solo solopreneur journey. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be really valuable for those who are looking to go into this, the speaking industry because I know there's such interest and intrigue. So you helped us to unpack some really important points. We will continue to follow you. Our listeners can, of course, find you at divasunited.com. Uh, well, well, they can go to my, I have a joannetorbettnancy.com. That's the speaking site. At okay. joannetorbettnancy.com. They can go straight there. Uh, and if you're going to be a speaker, you do need to get your website. You really do. So people can go yeah. and, and put clip nippets or whatever on there so people can hear you. So, yeah, they can go to that. And Divas United is my, my women's group. Yes. Thank you so much, Joanne. It's been Thank a pleasure you having you on The Solopreneur. It's been another great time spent with you. Thanks for joining this episode of The Solopreneur Journey with expat entrepreneur Jewel Daniels, where we love being your ear candy. Let us hear from you by dropping a note at www.thesolopreneurjourney.net. Remember, you may be working on your single shingle enterprise, but you're not alone. See you next time when we push boundaries to build beyond just business.